Hey there, Kermaholics. It is your host, Kenzie. Welcome back on a Friday. I hope everybody enjoyed their week and had just as good of a week as I did. I just celebrated my 29th birthday with my little girl and two of my best friends in the whole world. They made the day just absolutely great. I hope everybody's week went as well as mine did. For this Friday episode, I'm going to be doing another one of the stories that I had first ever released. I had kind of explained in my last Friday episode that I felt like the episodes that I did within the first 10 episode time frame I didn't really give those stories the justice that they had deserved kind of felt like the presentation wasn't as good and so I've been trying to go back re-record those and just overall give a much better presentation so on this Friday episode I will be telling the suspicious death of Charles Joseph Glenowitz better known as G.I. Joe On the morning of September 1st, 2015, in the small, quiet town of Fox Lake, Illinois, which, y'all, this is where I lived for the first 11 years of my life. I was born in Chicago. I lived in the tiny town of Fox Lake and a little town next to it called Spring Grove. These towns, both of them, are very small, very quiet, and very tight-knit. On that morning, things are like every other early morning in Fox Lake. The community members are on their way to work. The locals are stopping in at the gas stations to get their coffee, their gas, to chat each other up. And one local in particular stops at the Sitco gas station on Route 12, just like he does every morning to get his cigarettes and coffee. That local is named Charles Joseph Glenowitz, but to the community members in Fox Lake, they know him better as G.I. Joe. Joe was a 30-year dedicated police officer from the Fox Lake Police Department. Joe not only was an officer, but a veteran who spent time serving in the U.S. Army. He was so well known in the community for being a mentor to the kids in the local community. He spent years running the Explorer program for teens, which is a program to train kids who were interested in working in law enforcement as they got older. Joe is one of the most popular and well-respected officers in the entire McHenry County community. Everyone loved him and looked up to him. At this time, he was just one month away from retirement, and what the community members did not know is that they would soon be losing their hometown hero, and dark secrets would begin to emerge that would leave the entire town of Fox Lake in major disbelief. Around 7.52 a.m. on the morning of September 1st, 2015, after Joe stopped at the gas station, he was on his way to the police station to start his shift. But on the way to the police station, he would make a detour away from the police station, headed down towards the cement plant in Fox Lake, which is in a very heavily wooded area. Joe calls in a dispatch to tell them that he saw three suspects, two white males and one black male running into the direction of the woods, and he was going to check it out because it seemed rather suspicious. Dispatch calls back to Joe and asks if he needs a second car and Joe tells Dispatch to go ahead and send out the second car. Within just a few minutes, that car is on the way to Joe's location. When they arrive to the cement plant area, they find Joe's car parked in a gravel area on the side of the road, but there's no sign of Joe or the three male suspects. 
As the backup officers are combing the area, they call in a dispatch to let them know that there is not a whole lot of commotion going on out there. The area is very quiet and they don't see Joe or the three suspects. They're really not even sure where Joe's location is. As they continue to walk around the location looking for any sign of Joe and the three men out there in the distance, they start to hear what would be their worst nightmare, a very muffled gunshot. One of the backup officers calls into Joe's radio, but there's no answer. With no answer on Joe's radio, dispatch calls into Joe's radio and they do not get an answer as well. So they ask the backup officer to please go to the location of where they heard the gunshot and try to give Joe a call on his cell. But of course, there's no answers. As the officers begin running into the direction of where they heard this gunshot, as they're getting closer, they hear a second gunshot, and Joe still is not answering. As the backup officers come up onto the location where they heard the gunshot sounds, they find their worst nightmare. They call in a dispatch and let them know that they have an officer down. They find Joe Glinowitz dead. Joe was laying down face first into the tall grass and his gun was missing. His pepper spray was found feet away from him open in use and his nightstick was laying on the ground near his body and the suspects have completely disappeared. This sends the entire Fox Lake Police Department and all the police departments in surrounding areas into a complete frenzy. Fox Lake, which is located in McHenry County, again, is just a small area and they are not prepared to take on this type of situation. Pretty quickly, law enforcement asks the local community to be on the lookout for two white males and a black male and they are to stay in their homes and lock their doors and if they see these men to call 911 immediately. They have said that the suspects have killed an officer and when the community finds out who the officer is, everybody is just heartbroken and complete shock. How could their beloved Hometown hero, Joe Glenowitz, this big bad officer, larger than life man, somebody that just everyone loves and looks up to. How is he the one who gets gunned down? My aunt who lived in the town at the time says there was multiple law enforcement agents in the area who were searching for Joe's killer. There was SWAT teams, FBI, the U.S. Marshals. There was dogs on foot, helicopters in the sky. The locals said it was like a scene out of a movie and the fear that they felt was overwhelming. Although they felt fear, many in the community started flooding the streets with signs showing their love and support for Joe. The community was shattered. This wasn't just any officer. This was their hero from their tiny, tight-knit town. While the town is mourning the loss of their favorite officer, there's still a massive manhunt still going on. In tiny towns like this, rumors spread and they spread quickly and fingers get pointed and they get pointed fast. There was hundreds of tips coming into the police station telling them that they should look into this person or they should look into that person, but nothing was credible and nothing was panning out. As day turns into night, people of the small town in Fox Lake are still on edge as the manhunt is in full force and no arrests are being made. The town where most people once left their homes unlocked at night are now securing every window and door in their home in fear that they could be next. The police are working around the clock to try and ensure to the public that the suspects are going to be caught. The next evening after Joe's death on September 2nd, a candlelit vigil is held in his honor. The outpour of love and support that Joe received was something that most had never seen before. Joe left behind his wife Melody and his four boys. At the candlelight vigil, his wife Melody spoke out about how badly heartbroken she and the boys were. Joe was the love of her life and their boys loved and adored their father. They had no idea how they were going to move forward without him. 
Just five days later, on September 7th, 2015, a funeral is held for Joe, and it was one of the biggest police officer funerals ever seen. I'm talking thousands and thousands of people came to his funeral, including thousands of officers from across the United States, from California, Utah, New York, Florida, you name it. Officers traveled to the tiny town of Fox Lake in support of their fallen brother. Joe was recognized on the Senate floor. He was remembered at a Chicago Bears game that week, and the governor of Illinois ordered the flag at half-mast. If you have not caught on yet, Joe has clearly become much more than a hometown hero, and he has now become a nationwide hero. While the community and nation were celebrating Joe's life, the three suspects are still on the loose, and this is creating a very uneasy feeling in the community, and especially for law enforcement, who are hitting nothing but dead ends and are feeling like they are failing their community. At this point, the police are desperate, and they are starting to go door to door looking for any clue that they can. As they are going door to door, they finally get the big break that they are hoping for. Camera footage from a local Chinese restaurant that is just miles from the cement plant emerges and it shows three males, two white males and a black male. The police department releases the footage and asks for anyone to step forward with information on who the men were. Just days later, the three men are tracked down and police find, unfortunately, it's just another dead end. The three men were local day laborers there from the Fox Lake community area and the men all had receipts showing that they were at breakfast during the time of Joe being murdered. Being back to square one, the police officers and the local community are feeling completely helpless. I want to back up a little bit and I want to talk about Joe's work with the Explorers program. I explained briefly that it was a training program for kids in the area who wanted to work in law enforcement as they got older. All the locals said that Joe had taken this program extremely serious and those who took part in the program said that Joe was like their dad, somebody who really cared about them, who took them under his wing and tried to keep them on the straight and narrow. But Joe has a very different way of running the Explorers program as it should have been run. Joe takes this program from a law enforcement training program and basically turns it into like a military style training program. We're talking, he was teaching these teenagers SWAT tactics. It was kind of like a tiny militia in a way. That's the best way to kind of explain it. During this time, nobody in the community questioned what Joe was doing at the Explorers program. I mean, again, this is G.I. Joe, their hero. He was treating these kids like they were his own. He loved them all. He was doing such a good job. Everybody thought there's no reason to question anything. He's such a good guy. He can't do anything wrong. So they thought. While Joe is basically building this tiny little militia of teenagers, he is receiving help from an organization called LESO, which stands for the Law Enforcement Support Office. LESO gives police departments military-style light gear to help keep them protected. Although, what LESO does not know is that the gear that they are sending to the Fox Lake Police Department goes through Joe, and it is not even being given to the Fox Lake Police Department. Joe is taking it and keeping it for the Explorers program, which is a huge no-no. The Fox Lake Police Department had no idea that this was even going on until after Joe's death when they started investigating several different things, trying to find out if there was anybody that would want to purposefully kill Joe. The police department finds this out, 
And they didn't even have any clue that Joe was being supplied gear from Lesso. So they go down to the Explorer program building where Joe runs it out of. And in the basement of this place, there is just hundreds and hundreds of boxes from Lesso. And it looks to them like there is like 10 years worth of gear that is unused that have been sent from Lesso. And what's going through their mind is, why does Joe have this crazy abundance of military gear and what in the world is he planning on doing it with it? Because none of it made sense to them. Now that the police officers have this information about Joe, they really start to look into the Explorer program and really start to dig into it because it's something that they haven't actually ever done before. Because again, Joe's this really great guy. Why question anything Joe does with the Explorer program? As the Fox Lake Police Department is taking a deeper dive into the Explorers program, they find out from 2008 to 2015, $250,000 has been given to the Explorers program. And they basically explain that programs like this in their community are usually running on a super tight budget. So how in the world did the Explorers program manage to get $250,000. They come to find out that Joe had gone to pretty much every small business in the area of Fox Lake to try and get money for the Explorers program. And people said that they would hand Joe $500 checks, $1,000 checks, $2,000 checks just for the program, which seemed a little suspicious to the Fox Lake Police Department. Now that this suspicious behavior is brought to light, an outside source is brought in to start doing an investigation on Joe. And they start with his personnel file, and this personnel file holds all of the information for the 30 years that he worked at the Fox Lake Police Department. Inside this file, they find that Joe has been suspended five different times over that 30-year span for breaking all kinds of rules and regulations. He had taken his squad car and used it for an out-of-state vacation. He was allowing his friends to fill up their cars with the gas pumps at the police department. And he even got into a very heated argument with one of the dispatchers and told her that if she ever runs her mouth again, that he would put three bullets in her chest. The information just goes on and on. In 2009, multiple police officers that he worked very close with had written in letters to the police department stating that Joe's behavior is no behavior of an officer and he needs to have his badge taken away. The information given about Joe saying that he had multiple affairs with women in the community, saying that he gropes women out while he's on the job, that he has done drugs, that he has sold drugs. All of these different things are no example of this hometown hero, this guy that everybody looks up to, this man that takes children under his wing. Who is the true G.I. Joe? As they continue to investigate Joe and question the people within his life, they find out that not much time before Joe's death, the city of Fox Lake hired a woman named Anne Marin. This woman was hired to look into the finances of Fox Lake and look into all the different departments within the Fox Lake city. Anne Marin took a special interest into the Explorers program, but she wasn't going into it with any intent. She just wanted to see the books so that way she could knew the finances that were coming in and out of the Explorers program. 
According to some texts that were sent from Joe's phone to people in his life, this was really pissing off Joe. He was getting mad that Anne was trying to stick her nose into the finances of the Explorer's program. These texts that were recovered from Joe's phone would actually be extremely damaging to him. These texts showed that Joe was saying things like, if Anne is to get her hands on these books, I'm absolutely fucked. I will be in prison. And he had said things to his son like, you need to repay the money that I took out of the Explorers program to help you with your bills. If you do not pay that back to me before this bitch looks into these books, you're going to have to come and visit me in jail. He was saying things like, this woman hates me, she's out to get me. But in all reality, Anne Marin was just trying to do her job. So what all has Joe done to make him feel so scared that Anne is going to make sure he sits in prison? Joe was embezzling money from the Explorers program. Over the years, Joe had embezzled a total of $80,000. And going down through the expenses that he used, it was for such strange purchases, such as Dunkin' Donuts, movie tickets, they paid for a vacation to go to Hawaii, and he had even paid for pornography. The Fox Lake Police Department and the outside source investigating Joe are trying to keep this information under wraps because they know if it gets out to the community, it is just going to set them into flames. As if the Fox Lake Police Department is not already in enough shock that Joe embezzled all of this money from the Explorers program, they are left in complete disbelief when a press conference is held on November 4th, 2015, just two months after Joe's death. And during this press conference, the medical examiner and the sheriff of the Fox Lake Police Department comes up and says that Joe's death is finished being investigated and Joe has actually died from a very carefully staged suicide. They go on during this press conference to say that they believe that Charles Joseph Glenowitz took his own life due to being investigated for missing finances due to the Explorers program. Everybody in the community is in shock and complete disbelief. They are still trying to process the fact that Joe was killed in the first place and now they're being told that their beloved hero not only stole money from a program that he was so well known for but has also taken his own life and made it look like he was killed at the hands of another human nobody in the community believes that this is true they're trying to say that this is a lie they've got it all wrong they need to continue investigating but all of the proof is on paper the paper trail showed that Joe was willing to go to any length possible to get rid of Anne Marin to make sure that she never found out what he was doing with the expenses from the Explorers program. The paper trail showed that Joe had went as far as hiring a hitman to take out Anne Marin. He had reached out to a local motorcycle gang there in town and he tells them that he would pay them to plant drugs on Anne Marin, shoot her in the head, and dump her body in the Volo Bog. If you are listening to this and you know anything about the Volo Bog there in Fox Lake, then you know how hard it is to be able to try and locate a body there. He told them they'll never be able to find her. It is one thing to be a dirtbag cop. It is one thing to embezzle money. It's another to cheat on your wife. And it is sure hell another thing to try and take somebody's life just to cover your own ass. 
Once the proof was released that Joe did in fact embezzle all of that money from the Explorers program, the community in Fox Lake basically said, okay, yes, he did embezzle that money, but there's still no way that Joe would go as far as faking his own murder. They just didn't believe it. They all thought it was some type of conspiracy and that they had it all wrong. But the medical examiner comes out and shows all the proof that this was in fact a very carefully staged suicide. Many people asked, how was Joe able to shoot himself twice, once in the lower abdomen and the second fatal shot into his chest? How could he do that? Joe, as I've said before, is somebody who spent a lot of time in the military training doing all these different things. Joe was a big guy. He was a tough guy. Joe could have sustained that first shot because it did not penetrate his body. It just went into his vest. And the second shot into his chest is what killed him and caused him then to fall face first into the grass. The town finally wraps their head around this entire situation and they're all feeling completely cheated heartbroken and feel like they gave everything to this man when it came to love and support and he is nothing but a really bad man. Since Joe's suicide, his wife Melody has been sentenced to several years in prison for partaking in the embezzlement. So not only is their sons without their father, they are now also without their mother because of their poor choices. Cremaholics, if you haven't already, I highly encourage you to join a Cremaholics podcast discussion group on Facebook or follow us on Instagram at cremaholics.podcast or you can follow me personally at this is Kenzie, K-E-N-Z-I underscore on Instagram. Cremaholics, as always, be aware and take care.